So my dear students, uh, as you know, we already have seen the unit three, which basically focuses on yeah visual image interpretations. So image interpretations, as I already have said, can be done in two different ways. One is through visually, um, so it's called as visual interpretations, and another one is through digital image processing. Now uh, in this uh, unit. Uh, Four. What I will discuss is that unit four. Uh, I will discuss on what we call it image pre-processing. That means uh, before we go for any digital image interpretations, any kind of image from any uh, kinds of uh, sensors. It could be uh, from a passive remote sensing sensors, or it could be from active remote sensing sensors, or it could be from a thermal um, data. So it needs to, yeah, let's say, process. So image needs to be uh, pre-processed. And in this unit, uh, you will see that we will discuss on the concept of what radiometric corrections is and what geometric corrections is. So it is very important uh, before we go for any kinds of digital image interpretations or digital image uh, processing as we call so we need to pre-process the image so in this particular in units you will see that there are three different types of corrections uh, which we normally do during pre-processing steps that is radiometric corrections atmospheric corrections and geometric corrections and there are certain uh, miscellaneous pre-processing steps that you will see in these units like uh, subsetting, mosaicing of you know, different images of uh, the same area, let's say taken as different scenes. So what is digital image processing? So it is the applications of an algorithms on digital images to perform processing, analysis and information extractions. So all the data must, must be recorded and they must be available in digital form if we have to go for digital image processing. So data which are recorded on a photographic film, they also we can convert to a digital form. Yeah, if you remember uh, in our last uh, let's see, units that I have discussed, so photographic films can be converted to digital form but uh, not all digital processing technique can be applied on such converted digital uh, images. So there are certain limitations in such uh, scenarios or in such cases. So as we already have seen in earlier classes also, what is an image? So data that are basically organized in a grid of columns and rows, uh, they are basically uh, call as an image or a digital image. So you can just refer to the slides, uh, the lecture notes that I have uh, given to you and uh, you will see how a digital image looks like which has its columns and rows and it's of these let's say uh, pixels or the cells yeah, contains what we call it as the digital numbers or brightness value and you will find that depending on the let's say uh, spectral uh, let's say reflectance uh, range is image will have different uh, bands uh, 
of the same area you will have different band let's for an example at nir red blue green and so on a sort of infrared so you can refer to page number uh, four of my uh, let's say lecture notes that you will get an idea of how a digital image looks like now when we go for image processing we need certain uh, kinds of you know hardware and software yeah so we need a hardware we need the software so software like we need an operating system like window or we need the software like image processing software yeah for an example nv is one of the very good image processing software uh, apart from that, let's say Airdash Imagine, this is also one of the image processing software. These are all commercial softwares. And eventually, you know, even if we have hardware and software, we need a experience or a skill operators. That is what we are basically, uh, let's say, learning this particular, let's say, subject so that you will be trained or you will be trained to know how to operate or how to use a digital image and do this kinds of processing. Now in a digital image processing is you will see that it specifically falls into you know let's say four categories. One is pre-processing, another one is image enhancement, then image transformations, then image classification. So it is very important to understand this four step pre-processing, image enhancement, image transformations and image classifications. Now we come to the pre-processing step. What is this pre-processing step in their raw form? Let's say if I am getting a satellite images, uh, let's say which are basically recorded by a particular sensors. Now this basically data which we get in a raw form, it may contain different kinds of errors. So we need to remove those errors or we need to minimize those errors. And this is what it's termed as the pre-processing of let's say digital images now pre-processing sometimes they are also referred to as image restorations image corrections or image rectifications so you will see in different books they have different names now in pre-processing uh, there are three major let's say uh, steps that is involved uh, you will see in let's say uh, slide number seven of my lecture notes that i shared to you and in this pre-processing step, we need to have what we call it as radiometric corrections, geometric corrections, and there are certain corrections like atmospheric corrections and cosmetic corrections. Now, you might be asking why we need all these types of corrections. It's because we need to interpret the image. We need to extract information out of the image. So we need to make sure that the image that we obtain in a raw format does not have any kinds of let's say deficiencies or any kinds of inherent error in it so we have to first remove those errors or minimize those errors now coming to radiometric corrections is a very important step the main purpose for us to go for radiometric corrections is to reduce the influence of errors or inconsistencies in image brightness values so source of radiometric noise so from where we can uh, have these kinds of errors it's like your sensors which are on board a satellite might have a problem so you have a sensors problem you could have a solar angle problem and uh, at the time of image acquisitions we might see might have you know 
problems with let's say atmospheric conditions or atmospheric properties at that particular instant of time and at the same time we might also have a problems on uh, let's say terrain and surface property of that particular area imaging area where we are trying to capture the image and to extract the information out of the data now in radiometric corrections we have let's say can have noise corrections uh, so it's electronic noise it could be both let's say random or a systematic or it, we can have a sun angle corrections so sun angle correction is very important uh, in such a case that when we want to compare uh, images of different time periods or uh, acquire uh, let's say uh, for a particular seasons or for a particular month and at the same time when you want to mosaic or when you want to let's say stitch together different images to make it into a bigger larger images of a particular area you know, we need to look into these types of corrections like sun angle corrections now at the same time we also need to go for atmospheric scattering you know you people already have seen and when we let's say acquire remote sensing data this uh, radiations you know has to let's say pass through uh, this medium you know have to pass through atmospheric medium and in that particular uh, scenario what happened is that uh, you will uh, find that uh, and there are different kinds of scattering that is happening you know through in our atmosphere yeah like uh, you have a me scattering you have a relic scattering you have non selective scattering so you know it basically has certain influence on the image that you captured by using that particular sensor so we need to go for you know atmospheric corrections now coming in details to noise correction so what is noise correction uh, so image noise is basically an unwanted disturbance in image and it is due to the limitations in the sensing signal digitization our data recording process the potential source of noise ranges from let's say periodic drift or malfunctions of a particular detectors in the data transmission stage and during the recording sequences so in such a case we might have you know what we call as the stripping or bending or distripping uh, periodic lines drop out random noise or spike corrections uh, so on now coming to one of these techniques that is what we call it as the type of ear that is uh, distripping it's like a systematic bending or stripping pattern so it sometimes found on image you know due to drip in individual detector radiometric response from its initial setting so it normally occurs if the detector goes out of the adjustment and it provides relatively higher or lower reading in the image data the such problems uh, we usually find in some of the early let's say art observations uh, let's say systems like lancet multispectral scanners data Yeah so in the Lancet multispectral scanners data we found that uh, the drip goes strip in every six line in the image data so in as a result of that every scan line recorded by that particular detector uh, is brighter or darker than the other line so this kinds of error has to be you know minimized so see in this uh, slide uh, number yeah uh, let's say 12 so you will see that uh, the removal of this stripe is uh, known as what we call it as a distripping by histogram procedures so histograms is generated for a scan line number if you see in this uh, refer to that image on the right uh, side uh, 
Now you will find that this program is normally generated for scan line 1, 7, 13 and 2, 8, 14 and so on. And these histograms are basically compared in terms of its mean and standard deviations. So you can refer to the slides and you will understand what does it means. Now, see stripping, or you all know that stripping occurs if the detector goes out of adjustment. Now, see what are this basically the stripping technique? It is very easy. So, so we basically want to let's say add a new let's say digital numbers or a DN values or a brightness brightness value. So DN new uh, will be equals to let's say sigma d by sigma i DN of all uh, let's say of that particular image plus min of uh, let's say uh, let's say of that particular uh, cons uh, let's say uh, that image uh, cell uh, minus let's say sigma d by sigma i m i so so normally sometimes you know Fourier transformations is also used in such a system now another is what we have is that missing lines are also occurred in an image as you see in this image referred to slide number 14 uh, when a detector either completely fails to functions or become that become temporarily saturated during a, in a particular let's say scan times now this uh, is uh, missing scan lines there again basically estimated uh, by using data from the let's say uh, the next immediate neighboring uh, less, uh, rows and uh, uh, then we try to yeah, calculate the new values and uh, fill it in such let's say scan uh, missing scan lines so you will see here yeah for an example here uh, if you see in uh, slide number 15 so we have to uh, let's say one two three four yeah, in the fourth row and in the let's say uh, fourth, fifth, sixth row. So if we see if the let's say fourth and six, if fifth is missing, then the, we can basically replace the uh, insert the DN of this uh, uh, fifth scan line by using the DN values of the uh, the fourth and the sixth uh, by using these equations dn of xy equals to dn of xy minus 1 plus dn of xy plus 1 by 2 this is by simply taking the average of the, the upper and the lower uh, rows and let's say inserting the, the, the corresponding average dn values yeah this is how we remove the missing scan lines yeah, so this is an example, so which is given here, you can just have a look. Now, what pixels, uh, there are certain, let's say, uh, what we call it as a random noise or so possible. Uh, so we also call such random noise as spiky or salt and pepper or snowy appearance. And such kinds of, let's say, random noise, we basically, uh, we, we remove it by using certain kinds of filtering technique. Yeah, we will come to these uh, different kinds of filtering techniques, you know, as we subsequently go in this particular units and subsequent units. Now we also have the big netting removal. Most of these big netting problems occurs uh, mostly from, you know, aerial photography or aerial photogrammetry. So big netting also we can remove. Then sun angle corrections also have to do the sun angle corrections as I already have explained that the sun angle correction is very important if we want to compare images of the same area acquired at different time periods uh, within a particular seasons or a particular year. Yeah. 
So it's uh, showing, uh, yeah, if you refer to slides number 22, it is just showing, um, let's say, an example of how sun angle corrections is being done for a Lancet enhanced thematic mapper plus images of a infrared color composite image with different sun angles. So if we have different sun angles, how the image looks like of the same area, yeah, you will see it. Now topographic corrections also we need to do it. Um, it is topographic is basically correction due to the let's say high relief. Sometimes uh, due to this uh, relief we have a setting effect and it has to be corrected between the solar radiation directions and the normal vectors to the ground surface. Now topographic corrections can be done by different kinds of let's say methods uh, we basically uh, use like topographic slope and aspect methods, uh, bidirectional reflectance distributions functions and so on. Then atmospheric scattering has removal, uh, we basically have to do it. Uh, so it is uh, basically when we have haze, basically it's an additive effect that means uh, where you have an uh, let's say DN values of let's suppose 50 but due to this has effect you will have higher DN values so we basically have to remove it so that we get the actual uh, reflectance value so if you see here in this slide number 26 uh, it's an example of hazy image on the left side and on the right side you will see this is a corrected uh, let's say image uh, after appearing, after appearing, let's say applying the corrections due to atmospheric scattering. Now, atmospheric corrections uh, are not considered as uh, errors, but they are part of the signal received by the sensing device. So, there are various types of algorithms that are being developed by different research uh, group or research, uh, let's say, organizations, which are being developed and used to correct atmospheric effect. Yeah, just if you refer to slide number 28, you will see before corrections and after corrections yeah, of a particular area, uh, atmospheric corrections has been done. Now, why do we need atmospheric corrections? So, we need atmospheric corrections because of the fact that physical relations of radiance to surface property. So, this uh, basically we need to relate the, the, the radiance uh, that is being reflected, that is reflectance from a particular object or features on the ground. Uh, so when it get reflected uh, that atmospheric component also get recorded by the sensor so we basically need to remove those uh, atmospheric component before we go for any further analysis or uh, let's say uh, further um, processing uh, various techniques before we apply so multispectral data for visual analysis so we it increase scattering increase inversely with wavelength you already have seen this uh, so image ratioing if we are doing it it leads to bias estimations so we basically need to go for atmospheric correction this is very important now various uh, methods are there for atmospheric corrections you can just uh, go through the slides number yeah, 30 31 yeah then 32 so these are all different methods like uh, we have histogram minimum methods yeah dark pixel subtractions methods and regressions methods these are some of the methods for atmospheric uh, corrections this is just for your understanding you have to just go through these particular uh, methods now there are also methods like additive transfer models which are basically used nowadays uh, by various let's say standard uh, let's say softwares uh, like uh, 
uh, low trans uh, these are numerical models that is available more trans for atrium at core uh, flash yeah so you will see flash is being you know inbuilt in you know, let's say image processing software like uh, envy now so these kinds of uh, models are also being applied to remove you no know, let's say uh, to go for atmospheric uh, corrections so this just gives you different kinds of uh, let's say algorithms uh, for atmospheric corrections so atmospheric corrections are not always uh, necessary um, so if we go for let's say as we are studying only a single scene or single images of a particular area and uh, means but it is often very necessary when we try to let's say uh, mosaic uh, images or when we try to stitch two different images or more than two different images if we try to stitch of the same area then we need to go for atmospheric corrections and sometimes when we go for sense detection studies of a particular area of image acquired at different time periods for a multiple let's say year or a season so we need to go for atmospheric corrections now we also need atmospheric corrections when we are applying classification statics to multiple scenes so always it is necessary if we need to calculate ground reflectance or compare satellite with radiance to ground reflectance measure. So there are instruments like um, what you call a spectral spectroradiometer which basically measure the reflectance uh, from an object or uh, from a fissures on the ground. So if we use that instrument if we are doing the measurement on the ground and if we want to compare it with the satellite radiance which is being recorded by the sensors on board a satellite then we need before we make a comparison we basically need to do the corrections that is atmospheric corrections on that particular satellite images yeah, before comparing with the ground data. So you will see that uh, these are some kinds of pre-processing steps and one of the other pre-processing steps is what we call it as the geometric corrections. So digital image as we all see that they often contain systematic and non-systematic geometric errors and that are arises due to various factors like art curvatures, um, um, let's say uh, platform motions, relief displacement and non-linearities in scanning motions, the art rotations, etc. Now digital images are not geographically referenced, so we need to reference it uh, by removing by removing these kinds of errors. So removing these errors, these kinds of errors due to art curvatures, platform, relief displacement, art rotations, uh, this is what we call it as the geometric corrections. And the procedures of geometric corrections we have what we call it as a systematic corrections, non-systematic corrections. Now when it comes to systematic errors, we have what we call it as a scan squeak, non-mirror velocity variations, cross-track distortions, art rotations, squeak, platform altitude variations, platform velocity variations. So this all the systematic errors, somehow they are linked with the movement of the satellite in its orbit. Yeah, or when the, how, the, how the sensors are being on board that particular satellite. So, so these systematic distortions, they are basically corrected by applying formulas derived by modeling the source of distortions mathematically or by means of what we call it as the ortho rectifications. So in non-systematic corrections, it is very important, so you need to understand it very carefully, non-systematic corrections is to establish relationship between two different coordinate systems. There are two approaches you will find normally 
that is one is from ms to ground zero corrections we call it as zero referencing it is very important another is from ms to ms correction that is what we call it as the registration so if you see slide number 46 it says more ms to ground zero corrections so raw image when you get a satellite image raw satellite image data it does not have any reference to the ground yeah so we need to reference it yeah if we wants to use that particular image with reference to a particular area on the ground so this is what we call it as the geo referencing now corrections is the process of giving an image so we need to give that particular image a real world coordinate system so we have different coordinate system so it could be a geographical coordinate system it could be a projected coordinate system so you will learn this uh, concept as we go ahead yeah, in our let's say lectures yeah. <clears throat> when we start working with uh, let's say gis part so this image to image corrections is assigning coordinate system of one image to the second image of the same area so let's if you see here in slide number 48 so if we have a image of a particular area so we are basically taking the coordinate system from this particular let's say uh, image and 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 it is basically fitted to this another image which does not have any coordinate system once we transfer the coordinate system from this particular first image to the second image now the second image has taken the coordinate system of the first image so it is basically being transformed so this is image to image corrections now this is what basically transform this the what we call it as the coordinate transformation so we use a polynomial transformation the relationship between the pixels coordinate system and the image coordinate system can be defined so minimum number of control point required for this kinds of transformation depends on the order of polynomial transformations and the accuracy of the geometric corrections is given by these equations so if you see the equations on slide number 49 where d is the difference between the uncorrected pixels and the corrected pixels now resampling is another technique uh, so when we go for transformations uh, this uh, image transformations we need to go for what we call it as the resampling So resampling help us to determine the digital values to place in the new pixels locations because earlier your pixels uh, were let's say your image was not let's say geographically referenced but after transformations what happen is your pixels yeah the cells get transformed so you need to assign values to those new pixel locations of the corrected output image so in such a case we are basically using various resampling technique so it is a process of fitting one raster grid to a new rectified raster grid so in resampling we have different methods of resampling as you will see we have nearest neighbor methods bilinear interpolations and cubic convolutions now some decisions we have to make about what pixels values should be chosen for placement of a pixels to that particular new grid so depending on our intended use or applications we have to be sure that what kinds of resampling methods we need to use whether we go for nearest neighbors whether we apply bilinear interpolations or whether we go for cubic convolutions examples of nearest neighbors 
So why we use nearest neighbors? Nearest neighbors, uh, we can use it when we want to retain or the original pixel values of that, let's say, uh, before the transform, the values before the transform message. The problems or limitations of nearest neighbors uh, resampling method is that you will find there are duplications of pixels values and sometimes you will find there, there is a problem of what we call it as a stair step and dropouts. Now in case of bilinear, it calculates the output cell values by calculating the weighted average of the four clauses input cells based on distance. So if you see in slide number 54 of the lecture notes, uh, it gives you an illustrations on bilinear interpolations. So it calculates the value, average value of this one, two, three, four cells average value of this one, two, three, four cells of the original untransformed image and uh, in the average value of this four cell is being assigned to this left, yeah, upper left pixels here values. So in cells, let's say sampling methods, they are more spatially accurate. There is, you will find there is a smooth transitions but on the other hand, the limitation is that if you uh, if you want to retain the original pixel values, sometimes you will find that the integrity or the original values, yeah, of your image data will be lost, and it is basically slower than as compared to nearest neighboring methods. Now, in case of QV convolutions, instead of only four nearest cell, it will take the weighted average of the clauses 16 input cells based on distance. So if we want to assign values of this particular uh, pixels in the transform uh, grid yeah, for these pixels, what it will do is it will see the nearest, uh, let's say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, yeah, then so it will try to see uh, the values of the average value of the closest 16 input cells and based on its distance and it will calculate the average value and it will be assigned to the corrected grid. So here you will find that it will get a certain images and a smooth noise. Uh, here also the same problems as like bilinear uh, methods. You will see that original pixel values integrity is low and it's the slowest methods as compared to the other two that is uh, your bilinear interpolations and the nearest neighbors. Now coming to some miscellaneous pre-processing steps, as I said, if you want to go for subsetting, as you have a very large satellite image of a particular area and your you know, study in interest area, interest area is only a small portion of that uh, image. Now in such a case, what we do is that you break it out, let's say you, 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 you cut part of that particular whole image uh, in such a way that you get only that part of the image which is of your uh, let's say AOI we call it as area of interest then you work on that particular uh, small area only and sometimes we also go for let's say mosaicing that is you want to compare or you want to uh, let's say combine multiple scenes to cover a larger area so for instance you might have a small small let's say image of a particular area but you don't work wants to work on those smaller area rather you prefer to work on a large area so before before you go 
go for working on a large area, what happens is you just combine all those small, small uh, pieces of you no know, area, just like you know, in a puzzle, uh, puzzles like you just try to uh, combine uh, all the images uh, part by part of those uh, puzzles and come up with a large, let's say, image like that. When we have different scenes of a particular area, you basically, uh, let's say, stitch all those parts together to get into a larger image or a larger area and this step is what we call it as mosaicing. So this uh, ends the let's say a brief uh, overview on the image pre-processing steps uh, of uh, let's say this particular unit. <clears throat> now after this uh, when I will uh, go for the next unit that is your uh, let's say image enhancement so it will be you know as i said digital image processing uh, consists of let's say uh, four different steps the pre-processing step image enhancement step image transformation step image classification step so what we are what we have seen in this particular unit is on the pre-processing step a very rough or very uh, overview of all pre-processing step now in the next unit I will focus on the image enhancement technique and subsequently on image transformations and image classifications. So hope you people uh, will understand these units on image pre-processing uh, which I have already shared with you the lecture yeah, notes. So when you go through these audio lectures I suggest you basically you know, open your lecture notes on unit 3, unit 4 which I have shared with you on image pre-processing and go along with it. Yeah. So when you open and when you start looking into each and every slides uh, trying to understand uh, what is basically given in the lecture notes, you can also uh, let's say listen to my uh, this particular uh, let's say series of uh, audio lectures which will give you an additional uh, informations on understanding the let's say the units and still if you have problems understanding yeah you people are free to call and uh, discuss uh, with me uh, before we go ahead with the subsequent uh, units have a nice day and hope you people have a happy reading thank you